2: Or call 562 314 4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
3: The Around the NFL Podcast. Are tanking for (laughs)
4: Tamposi.
5: Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm coming to you from a country filled with heroes. Again, historically, perhaps, in three different time zones. Mark Sessler, California, Greg Rosenthal, California, Pacific, handled the old Zeuser here in Central Texas. Central time held down and over in New Hampshire, Eastern time at the Don Corleone estate. Ricky Hollywood. What is up, boys and girls? Hey, Dan. (laughs) Holding it down here in L.A., holding it down that we are.
3: I also I don't know why we need to tank for Tamposi. We. Have, have it on her. the payroll already at a very affordable rate. Yeah, so I mean... Mission accomplished. As right, that, was our,
6: it, that was our 2017 season. I think we tanked for Tim Posey <laughs> and then ended Absolutely. up getting the number one uh, draft pick after that disaster. <laughs>
5: um, no comment. John Ward uh, is the top insurance guy here in Gatesville, Texas, my wife's hometown. And... He's been so nice to let me use his uh offices here in the downtown Gatesville sector uh for today's show and um so shout out to John and I have to say I'm really enjoying the small town Texas life. It's very hot here I mean it's absurdly hot, and the people know it they might not talk about it all the time, but I know that they can tell that like it's hotter than it needs to be here. <laughs> it's not going to be a talking <laughs> I'm sure point. they're aware but they
6: they they live they live there.
5: Right. But at a certain point that this is there was just a understanding that it's never going to change. So we're just going to live with it. But, you know, when somebody like me comes in, maybe I'm putting the conversation back out there again that it's too hot in Texas and start that I, conversation.
3: I, I do find that each of your comments about um, your experience there seems to paint you as someone coming in from out of town and, operating as like a societal rainmaker. I it just, it's sort of like, over- <laughs> I wonder if they'll do a story about me in the local newspaper with a comment from last week. I just.
5: Uh- I, yeah, I have an update on that. I've been talking to some of the townspeople here. It's a very nice, close-knit community. Um, my wife, Emily, who went to school here, I hung out with some of her high school friends yesterday, and I did, again, broach the idea of, okay, so the old Zeuser's in town. He came in on a steed, his <laughs> cowboy, his steel cowboy. Steel Cowboy Bon Jovi. Was that what it was, Greg? You were a Jovi guy. Your brother was. I was.
6: Yeah, I was not. He even he was. Um, it was a steel horse. He rode, you steel know, steel
5: horse. I'm a cowboy and a steel, steel. horse. I ride. Anyway, I came into town and I'm doing the podcast here, of course. And we have a very successful pro football podcast and we're all very proud of it. On top of that, we're going to be um, doing the our NFL Network show. Um, and I'll be doing it from here in Texas when it returns next week. That feels in a small town in Texas, and I'm not trying to be demeaning. I'm, I'm being serious, like a pretty big deal. So I talked to some of the townspeople. I said, can I get in the Gatesville Messenger, which is the paper of record uh, here? And I did, but I did also throw out there um, important caveats. One, I need the cover. You're not going to put me in the inside of the paper. I want to be on the cover. Is This weekly, like a weekly thing, or it's what? A weekly what the paper. Yeah. Okay. It's, a week, it's a weekly periodical. Very, very nice job they do covering the region. And, and I want a photo. So I want a photo, and I want the cover. And if I, I mean, do that, I'll, I'll agree to an interview.
3: What is the headline? Raging egotist arrives from California. <laughs> right, I don't. You've announced yourself, by the way. Also, you opened that comment by suggesting that you're the cowboy. And the horse rider in the middle of a Texas town. I don't think you've ever ridden a horse in
6: your life. (laughs) Area man using third person flies into town,
5: (laughs) demands article. All right, you want the headline? I, I mean, I see, you guys are stuck in your homes in L.A., and I understand there's a bitterness involved there. I'm telling Please. you the headline. I've been, been is, at the beach
6: three out of the last five days. Give me a break with hundred degrees. I know you love it. Love you, this me is the best time LA. of your life.
5: Love me some. You've LA. never had a better time than these last three months. We all know that, Greg. I'd but like to see this. Texas, is it but okay? Headline: NFL Network star lands in small town Texas. <laughs> I I don't I don't understand.
3: The concept. this is what's filling most of your mind during your trip to Texas. <laughs> who I just, are how are, are you?
6: you how you? are you
5: pitching this to to the paper? Uh, like I said, this is a great, fine, close in the community. Everybody knows everybody, and one of Emily's friends is connected to the higher ups at the messenger. so who so she's going to put in a word? She's going to do the pitching. She she's is your do the pitch. She's your p r. flack, essentially. Yes. again. I need front page. I need a photo. And if I get that, they get the interview.
3: Right. Well, Godspeed to you. This is a noble mission, if nothing else.
5: (laughs) All right. Today's show. It's going to be a good one. We spun the wheel and it landed on the Baltimore Ravens, the defending AFC North champion. So we are going to have a conversation with Greg, someone that you have a good relationship with and who is very knowledgeable of the team. I want to tell the audience. Glenn Clark. Uh,
6: yeah, he's been covering at the Ravens as long as I can remember. I would guess over a decade, but does does radio out of Baltimore? Yes.
5: One of my good favorites. Get. Yeah, good get. I th- I feel like we've done a really good job, uh, procuring talent to discuss these teams for the deep dives. And I'm sure Glenn's going to be another hit. So we got Glenn coming up. Uh, but before that, let us hit the news. This is Bob Bates, DDS, ATN correspondent for all matters, Denzel Mims, both universities and motors related, <laughs> sick and bears. See, I'm bringing that Texas flair here. I mean, Bob Bates is on the show today. Get Bob's voice on there, you know you're doing something right. We, yeah, we have a, a
3: varied list of uh, stringers. That's for sure I, on this. Show.
6: Imagine if there is no Baylor Bears this year. Who knows? He he, he might have to be full time Denzel Min's correspondent. That might have to be a
5: daily daily feature well, on the podcast. He, you're also assuming there's going to be Denzel Mims playing football, which maybe... <laughs> <laughs> Tremendous leap.
6: I'm hoping for no
5: assumption to make at this point. All right, let's, uh, let's get to the news. We'll start with some very bad news uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles, who lose one of the best guards in the league. Brandon Brooks suffered a torn left Achilles tendon while working out at the Eagles complex on Monday. And this is a guy when you, you know... Some people put more into pro football focus than others. I understand that, but he was ranked as the number one overall guard in football last season. Uh, he is 30 years old. He's entering his age 31 season. He hadn't missed a game since 2016, but he also tore the right Achilles during the playoffs, uh, a year ago, year and a half ago. So terrible blow for the Eagles. Greg, you, you like their roster. You loved it last year. You still like it. And you take Brooks out of the mix. How much does this hurt them?
6: It's a killer. I mean, I not just PFF but the you know the real tape jockeys who are into it like Brandon Thorne or Brian Baldinger. they think Brooks Brooks is the best guy in the league I think right now he had the title and you and you feel for him first I mean he's a guy who's spoken about uh you know very publicly about his mental health issues and how you know anxiety had had prevented him if you remember um from playing at at one point and to go through two major injuries like this in such a short amount of time for what you know who knows it could have been maybe a a hall of fame type of career he certainly you know was having as great a a career as you could is a killer and then it's it's a killer for the eagles too who have to have the worst injury luck of any team in, in the league i mean they're always right near the bottom of that football outsiders you know missed games from starters list and they've been like that Really, since they won their Super Bowl, even that year they were pretty banged up. But those last two years, I don't think we really saw who the Eagles were because they were so hurt. And now they're they're stuck with it uh, again. One of their key pieces.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, in a in a league where we might not get uh, a full helping of training camp, um, preseason games, suddenly it sounds like Matt Pryor, who is he's is six foot seven, by the way, he is like bigger than most human beings, like front doors. But um, <laughs> but but you you're talking about a line that won't have a chance to gel uh, even with Brooks and now you've got, got his backup in and I can, you can think of teams every season where they look good. And then in the offensive line suffers injuries, especially along the interior. Sometimes the whole offense is affected and it crumbles. And, uh, you know, that's not their only issue, injury issue right now in the offseason. So uh, problems for, for, for the Eagles right away.
6: Well, when you think about their offensive line, I think that's what they're known for, that and their defensive line. So now you're replacing Jason Peters at left tackle and Brandon Books at right guard. And you, yeah, you have a first round pick at left tackle, but you haven't really seen him play at a high level. And so and now, suddenly, now suddenly you're kind of like the Cowboys where you're known for your line, but your two best players, at least from two, three years ago
5: in terms of Peters, are, are gone. So it's not the same line anymore. I I've seen it in various places that this ramps up the chance that Jason Peters returns, but what, what would he kick to guard? Is that how it, that seems like a bit of a weird fit at this stage of his career, but a lot of people seem to be connecting dots on that.
6: Yeah. The B writers seem to think that's not going to happen, but who knows? They, they're, yeah. They're going to have to come up with something. I mean, just sliding in prior, who knows? There's some free agents out there, but either way it's, it's a big loss.
5: In other news, the San Francisco 49ers have done some business with their head coach, Kyle Shanahan, and the team agreed to a multi-year extension. It covers six years, and it replaces the three years that were left on his deal. So he's tied with San Francisco now through the 2025 season. Uh, as you might expect, it makes him amongst the highest-paid coaches in football, and um, this feels like a no-brainer, quite frankly, Mark Zessler, because Shanahan has proved – proven that he knows what he's doing. He's just fresh off a Super Bowl berth, and he's one of the young, uh, most impressive uh, offensive minds in the league and has shown that he can handle the big chair as well.
3: Yeah, I think it's no-brainer is a perfect way to put it. And, you know, Shanahan, we saw what, you know, you talk about injuries in Philadelphia. The, The Niners during his first two seasons in San Francisco were utterly ravaged by injury. And so, you know, the stock was low, and it wasn't too long ago that on this show we were questioning whether or not uh, Shanahan and John Lynch might be hot seat material if last year's team didn't do what they did. But with a fully healthy roster, um, I think you saw what Mike Shanahan or what Kyle Shanahan is as a head coach. I do think that, honestly, he will uh, be seen in time as uh, one of the best around. Um, Right now, I, I tweeted something about that yesterday. I got a lot of flack for it that, he you said know, he's uh, going to be a top 10 coach of all time. I do. I honestly, I and mean, look, at, I'm happy to be wrong about that, but um, I honestly think he will be. I think he already has the traits, um, and I think he's seen around the league as um, genius material. And, you know, you can point to the playoff stuff, the Super Bowl, but the two Super Bowls that people want to pin on him. I, that's not how I would judge him entirely. I look at the whole body of work, and I think if you have him as your head coach, if you're a Niners fan, you are sitting pretty for a long time.
6: Yeah, my immediate thought was, um, first of all, that's the biggest respect you can get. You get that, you get a big extension, three years left in your contract. I mean, that's that's what you're looking for. You think they're extending any of us with three years left? No way. They're gonna wait till it gets down to the to the end. <laughs> you know, there's that much time. left. Oh, let's just give them more. Let's give them a big time raise. I mean, that would be great. Uh, the second thing was is where is John Lynch in this? Because they signed two six-year contracts, they, it was sort of famous. Wow, they're really committing to both of them for a long time. And they were kind of were on the same timeline. And uh, some some of the beat writers do believe that John Lynch could and, and should be next and that he might get a, a promotion in terms of his title. But it, it is, I think, telling that that Shanahan comes first. They didn't announce him together, which... I, I don't know if it says anything. We'll see if Lynch gets extended. He's got plenty of time left on his deal. But Shanahan's the the key guy of those two guys. Well, so sometimes kind of you find Lynch.
3: out too. You find out that like John Lynch was extended two months right. ago and they just didn't right. announce it. You know, I, I could see them like a lot of teams do um, angling this from a PR angle where there's no question that the two of them would, their journey would continue together.
5: I'm going to put a little uh, respect on the names of the all-time great coaches, Mark, because one of the things that you need to really be an all-time great is show that you can evolve and stay great over a long period of time. Shanahan, we're still, I know he had a nice run, a great run as an offensive coordinator. He's been a coach for three years, six and 10, four and 12, 13 and three. He's obviously trending in the right direction, but that is, that's a bold take Mark. Does it, is it connected at all with some passion, uh to you, because he was in the building of the Cleveland Browns, and they let him out the door very quickly,
3: not at all. I thought they handled that disgracefully. if anything um and this is not <laughs> in any way I'm not in any way trying to that's the
5: passion I'm talking about that maybe you're
3: no I think, connected I, I think that I think he um everywhere he's gone, he has done remarkable stuff with his offensive players, and you want to look at early career troubles from a coaching record. I would point to the person I was fanning out hard for back in the '90s, Bill Belichick. Where I, I, and I'm not saying, hey, I look at me, I got this right. A lot of people knew he was a super talented defensive coordinator, but he struggled mightily as a head coach and struggled in every way that you could. Um, in Cleveland, went to New England. What were they? Five and eleven the first year. They're one and three the year after, and everyone thought this Belichick guy. The fact that they traded picks for him, I don't get it at all. All these people were down on him. Three months later, they've won the Super Bowl. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I would I would look at Kyle Shanahan also. That when he's had a chance as an offensive corner, every team he's touched were transformed. And the same is now true of a Niners team that was a laughing stock four seasons ago. It's a projection,
6: but it's a bold one. And he, you know, if you wanted to look at offensive minds in the NFL over the last decade, who, you know, there aren't many better than Kyle Shanahan. I think a lot of people you know, would agree with you on that. And the, and if you want to look at um offensive minds in terms of impact in the last three decades, four decades, there's not many higher than Mike Shanahan. They almost should get more credit as like a, as an incredible family dynasty, but they don't have quite the amount of, uh, of titles as probably they would
5: like. Uh, in other news, Colin Kaepernick continues to be at the forefront of the conversation. This time, Uh, Los Angeles Chargers coach Anthony Lynn uh, spoke out in conversation with reporters saying teams would, quote, be crazy not to have Kaepernick on their workout list this summer. He also told reporters on Wednesday that the Chargers have not made plans to work out with Kaepernick and that he has not spoken to the former 49ers quarterback. But like Pete Carroll before him, says that Kaepernick obviously is worthy of consideration on a depth chart somewhere in the league, and it only takes one.
6: Yeah, he said that he'd, fi- he'd fit the type of offense they want to run, which is interesting. You know, they have a top 10 draft pick. So that, you know, Justin Herbert's the guy it's all about, and you have Tyrod. But he did say, look, if there was an injury, that that could be a, a guy that we would call. The whole, like, putting him on a workout list, like, that's not an official thing necessarily. He did He did... Point out though that he they were not the team that called up Pete Carroll, so that is that is another team. And as we sort of wonder if Kaepernick can get back in the league, it, it really did strike me today as the Premier League was starting, and, and someone alerted to this uh, us to this in, in our mentions, how the the two teams in the first Premier League game back took a knee. Before they, you know, started the game, as did the official, I noticed, too. Um, it's really it's really pretty amazing. It's a, it's amazing to see on a, on a different continent, um, you know, protesting of racial inequality It really started with like the way the police have handled you know, black people here. But it's it's something that is, is made a worldwide impact. It's crazy. I know I'm rambling a little bit, but it, wow, I mean, it just like it really strikes you when you see it across halfway across the world.
3: Well, I would I would suggest that Anthony Lynn, who um, of all the coaches, probably came out with the most most heartfelt, passionate statement about what was happening in our country. You know, a couple weeks ago, um, that I buy this, and I would I would look f- all, from a football angle too. Uh, you know, Dan, I remember that game, and Rex Ryan had a fascination with Tyrod Taylor. Um, because he always was struck by how hard it was to deal with mobile quarterbacks. And, and now you can say Rex Ryan was was you know um, behind on the times with that one, but he was a Tyrod fan. And I'll say this, that 34-0 game when Kaepernick was sprinkled into the Niners offense, 34-0 over the Jets, Anthony Lynn was part of that team. He was part of the Bills team that was fascinated with Tyrod Taylor. He's gone out of his way. To stand for Taylor and call him his starter right now. So the idea that Kaepernick would have a place if they needed someone, I totally right. buy it. From but they Italy. need an injury,
6: they need they well, probably. Well, right, but that's true of everyone right now. Yeah, uh, not every. Yeah, you're right. In 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 L A. at least, I think he needs a Tyrod injury probably.
5: Ah, uh, yeah, but you know that said, and you look at their roster, and Tyrod is. Amongst the best backups in the league, but at the same time, everybody's got the same similar opinion. It seems on Kaepernick, for the most part, that he would instantly become one of the league's better backups and maybe a starter if he got the opportunity. Uh, we're we're getting close to a trope alert here. I mean, I, I just how many more coaches are we going to hear say,
2: Trouplette.
5: "Oh, how what a talent this Ka- Kaepernick is"? You know, Trouplette. I'm not going to bring him into my team, but he'd be great on somebody else's team. Uh, it's you know, tr- it's,
4: you have
6: to. How many times are we going to hear know. before somebody actually does it? Right. It's just tricky. I don't I don't fault Anthony Lynn because he's he's just answering the question. You know what I mean? Like, what what can he do? He's trying. He's I'm not trying faulting to show the league's open.
5: But if this is going to become the new M.O. of all these coaches, when they get asked about Colin right. Kaepernick, praise how great he is and then say, you know, I'm set. But, you know.
3: Well, I would I'd say this. I think that's something no, worth look, tracking here. I hear you. We're in a totally different place than we were six months ago. And I think there is um, progress on some level there. It's fair to be suspicious. But when we start to get quarterback injuries and a bunch of no or ham and egg type quarterbacks that have no experience are getting signed before Kaepernick, your point is valid. Right. Until it- then, I want to see that happen first. And, and the the one biggest,
5: the biggest change is... But he's already better than a lot of these guys. I, sure. and everyone I hear you. Agree. I,
3: I Well, not not everyone is saying he's so much better than our backup quarterback. We just won't sign him. That's your that's a couple coaches could go, that have could spoken on through, the matter.
5: Uh, we could tick through the list right now. We're not going to, but of backup quarterbacks. And I know without doing a deep dive, that would be worthless, but where you could just say, oh, you know, I threw out Chad Henney as the Chiefs backup on Twitter the half, other day. I would say half the last job. We just talked about in Geno in Smith it. up in Seattle. Look at, look at the Rams uh,
3: roster. Why talk about Joe LA? He fit with perfect the with the Rams.
5: Right. It, it, the list goes on and on. I mean, there are plenty of teams that could stand to use somebody like Kaepernick. And it, and it is interesting,
6: and Goodell's going to be asked about it. So, again, he's going to answer the question. But it, it was interesting to hear him quoted on ESPN saying, you know, he would encourage it. He used he use that word. I think he knows it would ultimately be good for the NFL, but he, he can't make an owner or a coach do it.
3: Right. I think there are coaches who would want to do it. And you're not hearing Coaches it.
6: wasn't the problem. I'll go to my right. grave believing John Harbaugh specifically wanted to sign Kaepernick period in 2017 and that he was not allowed to. I, well, I would I would, I would it. slow
3: down to one thing, though. There are a lot of coaches. There's a, having talked to just a couple people who, who said of all my coaching friends, many of them were super turned off by the protest, the kneeling. They were absolutely turned right. off by There's there, a mentality among coaching ranks. Others, I think, and that, that was years ago. Where are we now? I mean, but when do we have owners, when you have five or six owners saying we would love to sign Kaepernick, I think that's where the change needs to happen. The owners have stayed silent.
5: In other news, let's do a little update on what's going on. We talked about uh, Brandon Brooks, uh, Eagles losing him. Alshon Jeffrey, a little update on him is that there really is no update. Doug Peterson said that the wide receiver is focusing on his rehab and getting strong. uh, But he had Liz Frank surgery and uh, still no timetable for a return. And this is obviously an important piece for the Eagles who kind of have to hope, Greg, that Jeffrey gets healthy and turns back the clock. Otherwise, we might be dealing with a similar situation as last year. I know they brought in a young wide receiver in the draft, but they kind of need Jeffrey to turn back the clock or they're going to again be looking at a situation where they're, they're, there's a dearth of playmakers on the outside.
6: Yeah, I wanted to talk about this one because I've seen like fantasy football and some projections for this season talk about okay, well they got you know Deshaun and Jeffrey back. It's like first of all, Austin and Jeffrey wouldn't be on this team if they if his salary wasn't guaranteed. They wanted to cut him. I don't think they're going to expect... I I would be shocked if he was playing at the beginning of the year. I, I don't know why... Like Coming off of a Liz Frank surgery that late in the calendar year, that's a quick turnaround for a guy who's had a lot of problems. And you did get the sense, I I thought back in February or March, that he's more of a candidate to go on the PUP list. And it, it puts... You're right, a lot of pressure on Jalen uh, Rager, their, their first-round pick. He's going to have to kind of be a hit because he's going to be a big part. I think anything they get from Jeffrey who has just been beat up, uh, is going to be a bonus.
3: I think there are Eagles fans that are still annoyed that the Cowboys a few spots ahead of them grab CeeDee Lamb. I mean, certainly the, the, all Eagles fans would be annoyed by that. But um, thinking that the Eagles should have been more aggressive to go get one of the top one or two guys in the draft didn't happen. And, you know, I don't know if it's because I've spent like the past four months just sitting in essentially three rooms <laughs> inside my house, but it's suddenly <laughs> mid to late June you know, this offseason, it's not still right. three or four more months for these players to rehab. And you're hearing little whispers now about some players that have returned to the facilities saying not ready yet. And it is a, it's a, to have two of these issues with the Eagles in one news rundown is problematic.
6: Hmm. Erica looks concerned, just like on our video. Yeah,
1: Ricky, where are you bad.
5: at? When you when you think about that Eagles depth chart, how, how concerned are you?
2: Yeah, I'm I'm worried together. for that team. I'm worried for a lot of these teams, you know. That, I like Liz when you, Frank, you can't come back. From that. I
6: like when you take the mute off and you can hear the boats, you know, flying in the background or yeah, whatever. I'm just, trying,
2: I'm just getting my son, like, you guys just keep going. Like, it's, it's like a woman good. on
3: water skis, like, waving to the whole crowd as she zooms past <laughs> yeah. your, your manor. Right, the helicopter
5: right above waiting to land on the Healy pad. Right yeah, I'm street. just like,
2: I'm flagging it off. I'm like, come on, I'm trying to get the show over with.
5: <laughs> Dad! Move the
2: helicopter.
5: (laughs) Sorry, daughter. Um, All right. Finally, in the news. Ah, bad news in the kicker club. See, this is why Dad only called me
2: daughter. But go on, Dan. Sorry.
5: Yes. (laughs) Yes, daughter. This is why I like to keep my kickers in the club because once they get out of the club, these guys are basically just maniacs. They're just uncontrolled. In yeah. Uh, Aldrich Rose uh, wrote. Rosas, who was an all-pro-level kicker for the Giants uh, two seasons ago, was arrested and jailed Tuesday for misdemeanor hit-and-run and and driving on a suspended license. And uh, he hit a car after running a red light. There's a belief that there could have been alcohol involved. This is the second incident for the Giants uh, in the last month. Of course, DeAndre Baker, the first round pick last year, was uh, arrested in connection with an armed robbery uh, in Florida. So a little bit of a, a messy off-season for the Giants during COVID times. I would just ask
3: uh, when this is released on social an hour from now. What the Don't. response will be to a the tone of the music uh, just, uh, against the, the news that you've announced, and Erica um, essentially operating like she's at a rave in 1999 um, during what seems like a rather serious news piece. This is you, Greg. Yeah, yeah,
6: that's why we're not sending it on social. Uh, yeah, Rosas is lucky. I mean, he might get. You would we're think we're so lucky to higher. have Mark and Greg here. I'm, just, right. a of- I'm just saying. He all right. He was going over 100 <laughs> miles an hour. Noble. He was going over 100 miles an hour, they said. Uh, so obviously, it's like lucky no one got hurt. But they also found him just walking along the side of the road, bloody, with no shoes on, like, you know, far away from where he left the car. And it's, it's not a good enough plan. Feet. First of all, if, right. you know, who's going, uh, you know, he's going 100 miles an hour. He's, is he? He's a, I've heard of shoeless kickers. He's a shoeless driver. Like, what? what's happening here? Uh, yeah, let's, and,
5: let's check in with Mark on the tone of Greg's comments right here. Mark, these being a little, a little bit, I don't know, flighty from Greg here. Considering well, I see, the, you know, I, I
3: see, I see what you're doing, um, and I'm not going to be party to it. I mean, it sounds like more like something that Dennis Hopper got up to in like 1971 than an NFL kicker in 2020. But um, you know, I don't know. He really, was greeted as a legend for it. One of the uh, well, it's cool when a movie star does it. Not when one
6: of the highest <laughs> paid kickers in the league, and kicker. he went 12 for 17 last year. I I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if he's if he's kicked right off that team. Joe Judge 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 Joe is here and he's ready to dispense some justice.
5: That's a good one. There's so much so many places to go when when the head coach is Joe Judge because, yeah, he could render a guilty verdict before the actual courts do on this one and say he gone. Right. Throw the case out. Nice. I don't know. (laughs) That's what's happening in the news.
1: Jackson, over the middle, caught by Hollywood Brown, see you later, Hollywood, to the house! Jackson, trying to run for it, Jackson avoids, spins, he's in, touchdown! Lamar Jackson is elusive! Quarterback will take it himself, blocked by Sneed. he's got the corner, a block by the rookie wide receiver, breaking, touchdown! Big trust! Big trust. Lamar Jackson, he gonna get a Super Bowl out of me.
5: Uh, The Baltimore Ravens up next in the Wheel of Teams. And as we do every week, we reach out and connect with somebody who gets it, someone who knows the team, someone who can give us the insight that we couldn't possibly have from our chair. Uh, And this man is Glenn Clark. He's a columnist for Pressbox and a guy that really knows his Ravens. Welcome to the Around the NFL podcast, Glenn. Heroes, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Look yeah, at that.
6: Glenn is, uh, just coming with the heroes right off the top. I mean, he he gets buttering it. us he up. Gets That'll it. work. <laughs>
4: Selfishly. So Greg is like one of my favorite people on the face of the planet. Guys, I don't want this to be offensive, but like this is almost – you have to know how much I love Greg. Like I just want to mm. stare into his eyes stop and, this. and talk tennis to him. Mm. Uh, he's one of my Slightly favorite Slightly
5: concerned, men. but – uh It's weird. Yeah. It's this, weird. This it's isn't weird. helping your case here, Glenn. <laughs> that, it, it started I, off well. Now it's going <laughs> on the rails. I do know – now it makes sense. Greg pushed very hard for Glenn, and uh, that was all part of the <laughs> uh, payoff, I, it, it seems. We just
4: um,
6: want to talk some Arena by the end of it. That's really so. Like, so you guys yeah, know, I know I would ask Greg. I would
4: have Greg come on to my show every week and be like, "Dude, we'll do like ten minutes. We would legitimately go for like twenty-five minutes, and about twelve of them would end up being about things that literally only he and I cared about." <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, maybe if that if that goes uh, in this in this direction on our show, um, Mark and I will just take a seat and maybe pop <laughs> sure. the door and a and relax take a breather, Yeah, uh, Glenn, the Ravens are in an interesting place right now they're in that rarefied air which is both good and also potentially cursed where you are in super bowl or bust mode you're the best team in the league uh last season during the regular season 14 and 2 setting records you have the mvp behind center it all goes to hell uh off the playoff by but at the same time optimism is really probably never been higher or close to it in baltimore right now right
4: and and it should be right like you look at this roster um what's the complaint right like could you have a little bit more in the true pass rush department like could you have gone out and gotten somebody that was more of a true sack artist uh instead of upgrading the defensive line which was their priority and hoping that that will help in that department you could have done that i guess they could have added a little bit more as far as wide receiver was concerned they grabbed duvernay and crochet in the draft but they could have gotten more of a top guy Outside of that, what's your complaint about the roster? they got to figure out interior line a little bit with Marshall Yonder's retirement. But it's stacked pretty much everywhere. The secondary is overwhelming. Lamar Jackson is the MVP. They have four legitimate NFL running backs in their backfield. Hmm. Um, It it is really (laughs) hard to figure out what you don't like about this roster and why they wouldn't be able to compete to win a Super Bowl.
3: Not
6: hard for Mark. He never likes the Ravens.
3: (laughs) Well, I mean, I, I certainly respect what they've accomplished as a suffering Browns fan. But Ooh. I have, to, I have yeah. to ask you this because, you know, you, Lamar Jackson last year, 176 carries, um, mm-hmm. obviously the heart and soul of the offense. But you mentioned those four backs. And J.K. Dobbins is a fascinating draft pick for them. How do you use Dobbins, Lamar, and Ingram on the ground? Um, how do you think they want to? And do you see the offense just simply looking the way it did last year? Or are there any distinct um, signposts that it may be changed a bit um, to take some of that heat off of Lamar Jackson on the ground? I don't think so,
4: honestly. I, I think that they've sort of not hidden from the fact that Lamar's going to run. That's what they're going to do. They're not afraid of the injury stuff. They, you know, Part of it is his athleticism. He does not take those types of hits. Um, he's not that type of runner. He is really good at getting out of bounds and avoiding it. So They're not afraid of that, and they know how much of a weapon it is. And when they put backs in front of him, that can block. I mean, it's it's almost impossible. What can you do about that as a defender? So I don't think they're going to try to get away from that at all. I do think Dobbins is fascinating, right? Like, can they have both of those guys on the field at the same time? Of course they can, but they're not wildly different types of backs, right? He and Ingram. So I, I think it'll be interesting to see if we see more of Dobbins being used as a pass catcher than he was at Ohio State, right, where he was more of a true runner. They, they believe he has the ability to be that type of player, but we haven't seen a ton of it just because he wasn't asked to do it. That'll be fascinating. I think there's a lot of us that sort of quietly would not be surprised to see J.K. Dobbins ultimately be more of a featured back in this offense right. as the year goes on. And, and, you know, that's not a knock on Mark Ingram, who is very good. It's just look at the skill set of J.K. Dobbins and tell me why you wouldn't want that guy to have more and more touches as the year goes on.
6: Our our friend in the desert, or I guess he's no longer there, the Consigliere, uh, spice rack, you know, thinks thinks he's the next Emmitt Smith. Thought thought that's the comparison, and I th- I think the thinking was a Ingram's not going to be there forever. B they ran the ball six hundred times last year, which is probably their ideal. They can't really expect to run six hundred times every year. It's just. It's kind of outrageous. It's about to go really well. It's, yeah. like, it's like you do need a bunch of guys if you're going to try to run 600 times and have all the plays that Greg Roman has, and you know he's not going to come back with all the same, you know, tricks. He's gonna he's gonna try to advance it. He's gonna try to develop the running game even further. And he they're so hard to defend. To me, the key though might be the the receivers though. I mean, it's it's Brown and Miles Boykin. Their top two receivers are second year players. Uh, And they're they're hoping Boykin is their second best receiver. So that, you know, I know everyone loves, you know, Hollywood Brown, but that's that to me is like where the growth can come from. Those two guys.
4: And Greg, it's a major injury concern, right? Like Hollywood Brown was literally not practicing for much of last season. They were sort of just trusting it. Like and for good reason, He, he showed up and he played well and he was a great fit with Lamar Jackson. So there's some risk involved with that. Uh, clearly the way they use Mark Andrews was more like a receiver. And I think that we will see more of an expansion upon that, seeing him out wide more often. Uh, they're very comfortable with Nick Boyle as their blocking tight end. And we know that they're probably going to keep a third tight end, either somebody that's not on the roster right now, or one of the undrafted free agents like Jake Breeland from Oregon, um, because they want to have two, three tight ends on the field at the same time. And they want to be able to use Mark Andrews that way. So I think in th- their mind, that solves some of that. But, yeah, they need Miles Boykin to be more than – he was an exceptional blocker, and that sort of gets lost in the shuffle. He was an outstanding blocker for this team a year ago in the run game. Um, He showed some flashes of being able to make some plays. They need him to be more of a downfield threat. And then how do they mix in both DuVernay and Prochet, who have great hands, and that helps with whatever small accuracy things Lamar still has. Uh, How do they get those guys involved? I think DuVernay, they're hoping in particular – can be more of a, a weapon type that they can line up in a bunch of different ways. Not trying to pretend like he's Debo Samuel, but that type of stuff.
5: Lamar Jackson was on a podcast, a load management podcast uh, shortly after being named the Madden cover athlete, uh, pinch me. And he said this about the (laughs) playoff struggles of the past two years. We we should
6: have put in a request here. If he's going on load management, we could have had Lamar.
4: Come on. We didn't get him either. I'm not thrilled about it. It's all
5: right. (laughs) Uh, Lamar said, that's what, what, that's what's happened in the playoffs. And we end up losing to the team. People had us favored over. It's any given Sunday. You can't underestimate no team, no opponent. And that's what we did referring to the Titans. Um, Interesting comment there that, that, Perhaps uh, the Ravens went in overconfident in January. Uh, Do you buy into that at all, or is it more just an excuse? Is there a a weakness? Is there an actual weakness on this team that was exposed in January It could be done again?
4: So, look, do I buy into it? Maybe. I definitely think it's, it's partly an excuse. They just did not play that well. And I think Lamar, part of it, and this is one of the things we don't like talking about, for as good as Lamar was all season and he was in the regular season before that, he hasn't played well, particularly in the two playoff games. He's put up numbers as the games went on because he's had to throw a lot, but he didn't play well out of the shoot in the two playoff games. And, you know, again, it's his first two playoff games. It is certainly not an indictment, and there's a lot of idiots and hot take artists that want to say he's a bad playoff quarterback. We have no idea. We are so early on in Lamar Jackson's career. In to Baltimore? That are you hearing that? No, no, in the rest of the country. In the rest okay. of the country, there's a lot of those types. National I'm folk. Yeah. I'm mean, just curious. Just you guys, curious if you guys taking know some Yeah No, you know, around here, look, I mean, you can't have the season that he have and really have anybody that's a detractor of Lamar Jackson. Right. Um, you know, they all want to name their kids Lamar in this town right now. Um, But no, I mean, he's got to play a little bit better in the postseason. And the Ravens, the the biggest story of what happened in the Titans game is they had two really gutsy calls to go for it that backfired on them. And it changed the course of the game. And then one big Derrick Henry run later, they were behind the eight ball and and they weren't able to dig out of it. Um, Did that happen because they were overlooking the Titans? It was the same thing they did all year. They went for it. They were aggressive in short yardage, fourth down situations, no matter where they were on the field it backfired in one game. The play calling was certainly questionable on those particular mm. plays. Um, that's the biggest story of what happened in the, the playoffs. The biggest story is they went for it on fourth and short twice. They failed both times and it changed the momentum of that game.
3: I agree with you that you, you know, you look at this roster and every roster across the league is going to have a few spots that need some upgrading, but um But you're right. Baltimore, there's not an an overt Achilles heel. I would say that it's interesting to see what happens if they wind up starting um, two rookie linebackers. I think Patrick Queen, just because I trust the Ravens, and I feel like I've seen this happen 100 times, he is my odds-on favorite to just um, put him in there for defensive rookie of the year because that's just what the Ravens seem to do. But you have Malik Harrison also um, penciled in potentially to start. Uh, Beside him, that's not the easiest um, scenario for two rookies to shine in, uh, typically in the NFL.
4: So I wouldn't be surprised if they try to use Malik a little more outside than necessarily line him up from day one inside. They still have LJ Ford, who played really well for them a season ago, a guy they picked up off the scrap heap. And then I don't think any of us are going to be surprised if they try to go five, six defensive backs again this season um, for a a lot of snaps. I mean, they did it a year ago, and they love the depth they have in the secondary. Again, it's maybe them and the Chargers, right, the two best secondaries in all of football. Um, They've got the players, and they've got players they feel comfortable using as hybrids. Even an Anthony Levine, who's a veteran who's more of a special teams guy, they've been comfortable putting him out there in sort of safety and linebacker roles in the past. They are very comfortable with that. So I would be – Surprised if on day one Malik Harrison, that's just sort of his role. I think they're going to try to use him in different ways, and certainly he'll get snaps there. But I don't know that that's just going to be the case on day one. How was
6: uh how like what's covering the Ravens like right now? I feel like it's the other day I was mentioning they're a one sport town. I kind of forgot about the Orioles. Yeah, no, you're right. That's a bad (laughs) at the moment.
4: At the moment. At the moment.
6: Yeah, I mean, I just feel like the. The energy around the Ravens when they're like halfway decent is just outrageous that it's one of the best football towns in the country. And that so like right now coming off of the season they have, I just I have to feel like they're about as dominant in their hometown as as anyone other like than the Green Bay Packers and a couple other teams like that, like that. They're just like superstars.
4: In a weird way, it's bad for column writing because you don't have anything to complain about, right? Like, there's <laughs> nothing that you can say uh, particularly yeah. in negative ways. Uh, but no, you're a thousand percent right, Greg. I mean, it is, it's is—it's pandemonium. It is absolutely a city that is completely lost and embraced, and this franchise can do no wrong, even in the, the sometimes they do things wrong. It's, it's really hard for anybody to buy into that because it's a franchise that has so often gotten things right and has so consistently won and competed at a high level that even when they do something wrong, it's really hard to, to say, hey, this might not be exactly the right thing to have done.
6: Like training it, camps like Lollapalooza there. Like, I don't know, like that that says a lot to me.
4: It's wild, man. It's wild. <laughs> I mean, people have been waiting for Look, it, it helps right now the Orioles are not very good. Uh, in 2012, 13, 14, when the Orioles were playing well, you know, they mattered and people cared and it was a big deal. But it didn't still detract from the Ravens. This is a franchise that truly, um, you know, it, it, it's bigger than life. It's it's what matters in this city um, and Lamar Jackson, you know, might have won a, a write-in campaign for mayor
5: if uh, if he had uh, ran this.
3: <laughs> and maybe president passion. while he's at it. <laughs>
5: <laughs> and it's that passion, Glenn Clark, uh, which makes the decision of Art Modell the right one ultimately to take the Browns out of Cleveland. <laughs> and All right, football. that'll be fine. <laughs> yes or no? Uh,
4: <laughs> yes I or mean- no? It worked out okay for him. All right. <laughs> you gotta be look. It's a it's a sore of subject even for us to talk about, right? Because we're always we in Baltimore wish that the story was told of what he did for our city, um, after a wrong that we experienced and what my father went through as a football. Fan. The moving truck. The Correct. moving truck to Indianapolis. We want that side of the story. Now we're also sympathetic to like you know. I I hold no ill will towards any Browns fan. In fact, I feel terribly sorry for what Browns fans have had to put up with over the course of the last two decades. Um, It's just that we think of Art Modell in a way that, like, I understand it's going to be different. We feel very strongly about it. He did a wonderful thing for our city and really helped to change the dynamic of the city of Baltimore. And I don't mean that to be, you know trite. I'm not trying to, to, to pretend like there aren't still crime problems in the city of Boston. You don't have to. Like you that. don't have
5: to. I was just trying right. to get Mark fired. Well, 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 I would well. say also, <laughs> we always hear one side of the
3: road. I think it would be that the wound would have healed um, more comprehensively if the Browns had done anything on their own in the right. past 20 years yeah. to resemble sure. um, a real football team. And that's what? probably been the bigger cost. I, I get annoyed. I, most Ravens fans that I run into are Super passionate, knowledgeable, and they love their team, and they deserve to. It's the occasional twenty-five-year-old um, that I run into in a sports bar sure. who's a Ravens fan and has no idea that they were the Browns. To me, like that and, and lack and of history is.
6: Mark, to this one guy. I forget where it was, but we, ever since
5: then, the Ravens fans have. But been in, mark, <laughs> in Mark's defense, in Mark's defense, ninety-five percent of twenty-five-year-old guys are terrible people. Okay, so, but he's on so, like, something. You know, happened. Like,
1: I was
4: definitely <laughs> yeah. a terrible person at twenty-five. I might not be. That so was, was I. 36 yeah,
5: but yeah. i was definitely a
4: terrible person at
5: 25 glenn Fair because enough. because we're we're good to our guests and because i know this would mean a lot to greg uh, erica can you put 60 seconds on the clock so greg and glenn can talk <laughs> tennis
6: <laughs> put it on the Ooh. clock
5: and mark oh. let, let's hit the mute and just let them enjoy themselves We we should talk about this U.S.
6: Open thing. They just announced that they're actually playing it this year. Djokovic says he might not even come
4: over for it. He's playing. Stop. He's playing. He's trying to use his leverage in order to get the uh, restrictions. Here's what we don't
6: want to hear. like like Guys who make like $40 million a year complaining that they don't like the setup. They don't need Djokovic.
4: Okay, you may be right about that. They need Djokovic, especially without Federer. Also, can you be both a nutritionist and a trainer at the exact same Time. Come on! Mm. I couldn't live that way. Who can live that way? It's too so loud. It's almost too much to hear. I think there's like
6: 15 seconds. let talk about Venus Williams. This has to one of the. Ah. A great
4: athlete Is today her birthday? Did I see that right? Wow. Today is her birthday. Um, she's amazing. I love Venus Williams. Not as much as you do, obviously, because no one possibly could. Um, but the way that she changed tennis, uh, I don't think anybody will ever, that's ever be able to do it.
6: Tough spot. Your older sister comes along and is the greatest ever. It's a tough spot. People forget that you're right, you, you great.
4: All right, that's, <laughs> <great>. <laughs> that's <a> good, <laughs> good,
5: no. good chatter. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, Glenn. You came and you dominated. You talked on a high level about two sports and I'll count the Orioles chatter in there too. So three sports, uh, follow him, uh, at Glenn Clark radio and, uh, check out his columns, uh, his work at uh press box and, uh, you're a boy meets world expert, according to Twitter, which to me all it says is you weren't old enough to truly understand. Say by the bell, so you get your your generation gets boys boy meets world, and that's your burden, not mine. You,
4: you better get that clock going again. You better get that clock going again. I got a lot more play. Uh Here is truly an honor. Seriously, really appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks, thanks man. All right, You're thanks, welcome.
5: Glenn. Uh, all right, that was great, Glenn Clark at Glenn Clark Radio. Make sure you give him a follow. Uh, Greg, you have done such. Great work. Yeoman's work on the old uh, projected starter series. (laughs) And uh, is there anything that we didn't really touch on that you noticed in your write-ups? Well, I think that the signing of Derek Wolf and in
6: Clayus Campbell was just massive in terms of where this team goes. So Glenn kind of alluded to it that they chose not to really get a premier pass rusher. It's just Matthew Judon. Who's a, a franchise that guy? I remember going to camp last year. That was one of the big questions was where are they going to get a pass rush from? And on paper, it didn't look very good. And in the end, if you look at the numbers in terms of the, you know the the pressure that they created, they had a ton. Sometimes you get pressure by having a good secondary, and then you have Wink Martindale dialing up all these crazy pressures. I think no one blitzed more than than they do. I, I just think you have that like game against the Jets, but there were many more where just the blitzes are so creative. Now you have that, plus you have Calais Campbell, who's still playing at a high level. And I say what, I think Derek Wolf could end up being um, one of the more underrated signings, because I thought he played pretty well when he was healthy. He's had a lot of injuries over the last few years. So it's a boomer bust signing. But those two guys, they, they tend to find really good over 30 guys, and that could be Wolf and Campbell. And their defense really does have some room to improve. Like They were just okay last year. They could be a lot better.
5: Behind me, by the way, if you guys have been wondering, this is the Gatesville courthouse. Oh, uh, you have have a painting behind you for the audio listeners. Oh, very nice. yeah. Here in the courthouse. No, you're in the office. Yeah. Not in the court. That's right down the street. And it's a beautiful old building. And uh, Gatesville is also known as the spur capital of Texas. And I asked my mother-in-law. Yeah, well, I asked my mother-in-law. It's like, you know, let's think bigger than that because it's on the big water tower. Uh, spur capital of texas if you're the spur capital of texas you have to assume you're the spur capital of the united states and if you're the spur capital of the united states you have to assume they're the spur capital of the goddamn world well i i'd agree i mean you might
3: get you might get a few uh you know dan you're a cowboy as you mentioned so you would understand the lifestyle but i right right. i mean some guys from new mexico and arizona probably uh would contend uh that they should be in the in the mix but you're right
6: you know famous for their spurs
3: but if you're already saying that's what you, that you Rachel's run Texas on that front, then then you, you have to go world. And, and I think, Dan, you're, what you're bringing overall is a larger perspective to this town about how media can be um, used to uh, manipulate in, it and well enlighten and uh, help a town like that town. So um, uh, I, it really comes back to you doing a, a quality job
5: during your visit. And I'm not even joking about this. If I do get the interview, I'm going to bring up the spur thing. because yeah, yeah, I yeah. think they could. I it's think the, in terms of branding, that could be big.
3: I, you're, could an, be, you're an idea man. Hard. You're an idea man. And, uh, you know, I think they're going to recognize that the minute they get two inches into this column, the reader. So
6: Sometimes, you know, some you could drop a little some breadcrumbs about a potential political office. Maybe maybe you're the mayor that they need. You know, I mean, it, it, this could be your first platform that that not just uh, in Texas, but the world, the spur capital. That could be kind of your main platform. Sometimes you need an outsider. It's like, you know. Liz Warren swoops into Massachusetts, just takes over. You know, she's an Oklahoma. Let me just say
5: this, Greg. Liz Warren, not that you're stating that, but Liz Warren would not do well around these parts. No, but I'm saying she's an Oklahoma. (laughs) And I would align closer to a Liz Warren than who is, you know, the person that gets supported around these.
6: I'm just saying she's She's an Oklahoma woman, but you wouldn't know it. She just
3: comes into
5: Massachusetts (laughs) and steps right out.
3: Carpet baggers.
5: (laughs) Uh, All right. Good stuff. Good show. Uh, The Ravens. Super Bowl or bust. That's it. You're in a tough situation there. That's not an easy world to live in because the only Mm -hmm. one team gets the hoist of Lombardi, and if you don't do it, Harbaugh and Lamar are going to really be feeling the heat a year from now. That's just the way
6: it works. You're right it being like a, a the number one seed that loses early in the playoffs, you're absolutely right because you kind of get it on both ends. you wait you kind of wasted last season and then you come into this one with like more expectations than possible. you're right the only spot.
3: thing I, I hate schedules but we're getting close to the the real, their schedule is markedly less thorny than it was a year ago. You go from the NFC West to the NFC East and there are a million examples in the NFL of, of a team that went 14 and two um, collapsed, uh, in the playoffs and came back with a lesser regular season record and won the Super Bowl. I can think of a Bill Walsh Niners team that did that from 88 to when he left the team 87 to 88. And then the year later, they were even more dominant. I mean, the, the regular season record concerns me a lot less than other stuff.
6: I think they were the best team I've ever seen other than the 07 Patriots in the regular season, at least the last 20 years I'm counting the last 20 years. And, and so they just toyed with teams. It's sort of uh it's sort of, I mean, it, just oh, not overlooked, but because Lamar is so young, just like how devastating that is to have that good of a team and to go out right away.
3: The lo- the only thing I'd say about them is when, and I can understand why they they want to pad the the backfield when they lost Ingram, when he wasn't really healthy after that injury, and Mark Andrews got hurt a little bit. They were not the same offense. So th- it, 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 they were healthy otherwise the entire time. They come into L.A. and they yeah. just dropped a megaton bomb on the Rams. But luck, you know, carrying it over would require everyone to stay. Um, out of harm's way, which is uh, iffy for any NFL. So team. compelling. We were not even done. we weren't even done talking about him. That's how compelling they are.
5: Unbelievable. All right. Uh, we'll be back on Monday with another show. Like I said, um, we do not have a network show this week. It is Juneteenth and it's uh is it officially a national holiday now? If it's not, it's getting there. Not and, national, uh, No, Some states have it. Many of the teams rec- are recognizing it, and the NFL did, but no, not nationally. And we are employees of the NFL, so we are uh, recognizing on our podcast So we you or and our broadcast show, so you won't see us on Friday on the network, but we'll be back with another uh, pod on Monday. So uh, make sure you tune in for that. Also, uh, haven't asked you to do this in a while, but how about – leave some reviews and some five-star ratings over on iTunes. And I think next week, Mark, it's been a while, Ricky. It's been a while. Uh, Let's uh, check in on uh, the iTunes reviews and see what people have to say about our fair show. And speaking of checking in with Ricky, did you do the digging that I asked of you about the Guinness Book of World Records and has a sports (laughs) podcast ever recorded in three time zones before?
2: Well, I did. I went to the Guinness World uh, book of records and Dan Greg you can shake your head at me and think that I'm lying but Dan didn't I tell you on Monday after the show that I went on their website and there is a search function and I search sports I search podcasts I search time zones with radio nothing has come up so far
6: well, you just made a face that was why I was worried so what what did it say like in the digital copy that you took out of the library
2: in the digital oh I I didn't like read all the Guinness no, World know- record books I went to their website. So you didn't check like the actual.
6: But reports. what's the? All right, Ricky. What's the? They're really available. I mean, you could just get it digitally.
2: But I looked through their library. data, their database, and it's not there. The, so why would I read all of the Guinness World Record books?
5: <laughs> no. What What's the next action step here? Because to get it. Uh, for, I would imagine a, a bulk of the records in that book Then it's, it's not like somebody looked it up and said, I'm going to break this record. Some are set and no one even thought it to be a record until mm. it happened. And that's I was like, right. that's what I'm happened cast, with us. I think you, records. Well, why
3: right. don't you, what if you were to go to Guinness um, and I'm not trying to put more work on your plate, Erica, they um, uh, there in New Hampshire, but you know, to maybe reach out to Guinness and suggest this is yes. a title that should exist at this point. And by the way, maybe here's the answer. Well, to if you the three
2: podcast holding. bozos would let me speak before you cut me off again, I, there was a contact us on the page, and I did send an email. And your little dig about all this work I'm doing in New Hampshire, Mark, was well, uncalled no. for. <laughs>
3: I am saying I don't want to add more work. Like, yeah, um, right. Well, you all done your the hard work,
2: so. work, and then in New Hampshire, just got to add that because right, I, I already emailed Guinness World Record Books, Greg. Why don't you go read a digital library or something, moron? <laughs> <laughs> this
5: is not going. Well. I would, I, okay. I would say because I don't want to get you angry and I don't want to make this an uncomfortable situation. But if you don't hear back uh, via email and the contact us page, because very rarely do, do, do people get positive results, it, this might be a pick up the phone situation. That's all.
2: Okay, seems appropriate. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you know Guinness is fully, you know staff during a, a pandemic. So I'll give it a call. Let's not make
5: assumptions. I'm not uh, here in Texas I'm telling you, Walmart, I went back in. I counted 15 straight people before I saw a mask. Some people are fully mm. ramped up uh, against the COVID-19 spread, and, and other parts of the country seem to be back to normal. So Yeah,
2: but the second spike is starting to happen now, too, especially in Texas. So you it's, make sure you keep wearing we're your we're mask. We're the
6: first one. First oh, one well. hasn't, even, right. hasn't even ended. Um, what other podcast because, like, records about were in, you. There in there? What what other podcast records were in there? I don't Certainly know. know. You guys convinced? were
2: listed for the most annoying one, though. Oh, okay. <laughs>
5: <laughs> We deserve that. That's good, Ricky. That's a nice job by you.
2: Thank you.
5: All right. Let's uh let's uh get out of here. This is Dan Hanza signing off for Quiet Storm, the boss, Ricky Hollywood. Rookie Ricky New Hampshire.
2: Rookie Hollywood. does not the same ring. Right.
5: <laughs> Rookie <laughs> New Hampshire.
2: <laughs> Until
5: Monday.
3: Wait, are there people working outside that door then?
5: He gone. Um, no, uh, maybe one person because he, uh, so because can, of COVID. Can they hear you like, sit, like
0: shouting like, he gone. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. <laughs> yeah, that's not great. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better.
1: Come. Get in zone,
2: AutoZone.
1: Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today?
2: My check engine lights on.
1: Mm, that could hurt your gas mileage. The AutoZone free fix Finder service can help find the fix for free.
2: Get in zone. This whole report for free?
1: That's right. Printed and on your phone for free.
2: In but what if the fix is too tough?
1: We'll recommend a local shop. FixFinder, only at AutoZone.
2: Get in the zone, auto zone.
1: Restrictions apply.